Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 19, Someone to Watch Over Me, in which Frasier attracts the admiration of a mysterious woman whose obsession takes a sinister turn. So Key, in this episode, and I've got a question for you that you're probably not going to be expecting right now, and it's not, have you ever stalked anyone, which we just <laughs> spoke about minutes before going on air, um, which you haven't, I can safely tell our listeners. It is about elevators or lifts, which we have briefly discussed, because an elevator features quite prominent in the climax of this episode are you uh, you know an elevator phobe or do you choose the elevator over the stairs talk us through the lifts in your life um generally speaking i probably take the stairs more so than i take the lift is that a health conscious thing or just because lifts can be poor mistresses probably don't use the i don't get enough exercise in the day so when i get some stairs (laughs) like this is my chance to shine you (laughs) You suddenly turn into a roger bannister and you're like right let's go (laughs) this is my moment but i've got no problem with lifts i don't i've not got a phobia of lifts or anything so i'm Mm. They're quite, it's quite a common, if necessary. It's quite a common phobia, isn't it? Um, I, I'm the same. I, I would choose stairs just because I feel like you'd be being lazy if I take the lift. But of course, you know, lifts serve a very good purpose, and some people need to use them. And for them, that they're really great. Um, but I think if you're able-bodied and it's you're going up one flight of stairs and you choose the lift, you know, maybe, maybe you need to just work up a bit of a sweat and take the stairs. But yeah, I can completely understand why people get scared of them. I've certainly never. I don't know what you'd call this wrestling move that Frasier pulls out later in this episode, but I've certainly never done that to anyone in a lift. It sounds, I mean, it looks like it would be quite logistically difficult to flip, you know, a grown woman over your head in a lift. What do you think? I I was very impressed that Frasier did it. He did it with such panache. Yeah, it was fantastic. He did. He's clearly a strong guy. Um, Incidentally, um, I have a a cousin who's... um, currently like staying in a bunch of hotels that have been requisitioned by the company he works for because of like covid they're not being used so the company's staying there but because of that they've barely been cleaned so i'm not naming any companies here or anything so no one's gonna get dobbed in it but he, he specifically mentioned like in the lift like the panels are just covered in dust and crap and they've just not been cleaned at all and it just sounded horrible so there you go there's a little bit, a bit of lift knowledge for you um before we jump in um this week we're obviously doing someone to watch over me but shall we jump into trivia corner first let's do it excellent so we've been sent in the usual questions by hamish and Corey, and i i think actually a, a new quiz master has entered the ring um i think it's a first time quizzer and she he or she has sent in three questions which i'm so happy to read out this week but i'm just going to do the little caveat which is because we get a lot of questions and trivia corn has been like 20 minutes long the last couple of weeks it's best if um if you have a question for us just submit one and then Corey and hamish will uh will handle those and send in the more the bulkier batch um but i'm absolutely happy to read them out because it's it's a first time caller shall i kick things off with hamish's for you okay yeah let's do it cool so question numero uno oh god okay okay it's really going for the jugular straight away here who directed this episode um I'm going to say, mm-hmm. and it is a guess because it's like the only one I ever really remember, is James Burroughs. Yeah! yeah! It's James Burroughs, man. Well played. Um, I just, because he's, he's friends as well, isn't he? Mm. Um, so for me, he's my go to if I have to name a director. <laughs> if you're asking <laughs> to name any others other than James Burroughs, I'm starting to struggle. <laughs> well, I mean, that's some good knowledge because it's clearly coming handy here. Yeah? So thank you for that, Hamish. Second question is to the title of this, the title of this episode, sorry, someone to watch over me is the name of a song from which musical from 1926 
Oh, oh God. Because I, I, I know the song. Because it's like, someone to watch over. That's not the my eyes. Because there's an episode of Red Dwarf in which someone sings it. But I don't know what musical mm. it comes from. Um, so it's a complete stab in the dark. Mm-hmm. Did you, what year did you say it was? 1926. We're really going back oh. here. We're, we're dialing back the years. Um, I'm just trying to think of old musicals that I know. Um, I can't really name any post like, pre There was one I was thinking of, and now I can't remember the name of it. Um, I'm pretty mm. sure it's, it's not where this comes from, anyway. Um, I'm trying to. I was trying to think of the musical where "You'll Never Walk Alone" comes from, and I oh, can't remember yeah. it. I don't know. Um, actually. I've got no idea. Misery. Yeah. It is okay. Spell as in the name. So O comma K exclamation mark. There you go. Okay. Um, thank you for that. Okay. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Question three. At the awards dinner, there are six women who have what in common? My initial thought is are they all wearing red dresses because there are a lot of red that dresses. That is exactly what it is. Well played. Yeah. Yeah. Wearing red dresses. Yeah, red dresses take on a real sinister air in this film. Uh, in this episode, I say film because I'm thinking of a, a great thriller, which people might have seen, which involves a red coat. Um, called Don't Look Now, which we may we might actually discuss later, I think, but it's one of the best thrillers, psychological horrors of the 70s. Um, and red is a very vital colour in that as well. Um, so, Nar Marsh has sent in a question this week. We haven't heard from Nar in a while, so great to have him on board. The scarf Fraser's stalker is wearing at the awards, what colours were on it? Oh, God. This, okay. This is hard. It's definitely a blow, I think. I, I've got a purple, which maybe oh, is, is close. Um, I'll give you a clue, <laughs> Key. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for four colours here. Um, oh, I'm gonna, God. I'm gonna accept your blue because in the, in the poor quality of the Fraser cameras, you know, purple can look blue. So, red, maybe red is one. Looking for two more colours here. White. Yes. One last colour. Yeah, it doesn't really go with the others. Oh God. Okay. Um, red, blue, white. My initial thought is it's going to be either green or black. Hmm. Those are some pretty colours. <laughs> I'm only thinking black because you said it doesn't go, but I don't recall it being black, so I don't think it... I'm, okay, I'm Te- going to say technically, brown. Technically, black goes with everything, doesn't it? That's the rule, so black would be the com- the complete antithesis to what I'm trying <laughs> to steer you down. <laughs> Hello. Is yellow the opposite of black? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can tell you, it was pink. It was red, white, pink, oh. and purple, so... A real medley, that scarf. Um, it was very like, you, own, you own a nice scarf? I have a couple of scarves, yeah, which are perfectly adequate. Nothing uh, <laughs> that's how I write home about. But... <laughs> yeah, no, nothing special, no. <laughs> like, uh, she's got like a very, like, uh, did you ever see Tom Baker in Doctor Who in like the 70s? Oh, yeah, his like, scarf, scarf is iconic, isn't it, man? Yeah it's, yeah, it's very much that sort of a vibe. Yeah, she was really rocking the Baker look. I wonder if he ever <laughs> had a stalker that similarly wore strange scarves like he did that probably probably would happen naturally and doctor who and him were pretty huge so um thank you hamish and armarsh those questions really excellent key do you want to uh fire away yours before i see things to a close with mk uh, yes so i've got three questions for you this week <sighs> god okay, question number one mm-hmm. who was the voice of madman martinez oh no i never don't usually ask this man. but it's a very I noticed it because he's got a very noticeable voice. Yeah, I feel like I really recognised it. Um, I never pay attention to the credits, so I never see who the guest callers are. Um, <sighs> would you be able to maybe tell me something he's been in? Maybe like obscure, or something obscure, obscure. If, he's like a, if he's a top build. 
person, which I'm kind of guessing he's going to be. But yeah, he's a very big name. Um, he's been in a lot. Um, okay. You'd think he could just make a wonderful prime minister, um, but he doesn't like planes. Oh. That's a reference to, I should say, this is a, yeah, that's a little hint at some of the stuff he's been in. Doesn't like doesn't planes. Like wonderful prime minister. God, good hints. Um, I'll be a <laughs> prime minister. I'm thinking of like Hugh Grant. I mean, it's not going to be Hugh Grant. Um, uh, doesn't like planes. I'm thinking of like Steve Martin. Um, planes, trains, and automobiles or something. I don't know. Um, oh, I'm also thinking of Dennis Bergkamp. <laughs> Famously, didn't like planes. <laughs> I would didn't also fly say, anywhere. I'd also say that he has a rather special relationship with Fraser as a show. Oh, uh, maybe he shares a name in some way or was on cheers is the obvious answer but i reckon he was god you're gonna have to tell me man oh give me his initials okay his initials are j l john lithgow i don't know it is john lithgow what? yeah it's the only jl i could think of oh my god i can't even remember things i've seen him in okay well he was in third rock from the sun which is a great comedy Oh. Have you ever seen it? When he plays the alien? No, familiar with it, though. Familiar with it. Um, He played Winston Churchill in The Crown, which is where the Prime Minister line was from. Oh, wow. I've not watched The Crown. I didn't realise you were you were a fan. I'm not. I watched the first three episodes. I couldn't get into it. But oh, he fair. played he played Churchill in the first season. So <laughs> he was in that. <laughs> um, I think the plane reference, someone might want to correct me on this because I could be wrong. But I think he was in a very famous... It was either the Twilight Zone film or an episode of Twilight Zone. Uh, he's on a plane and he sees like a gremlin or something. On the, oh, the plane, he's, he, what, he was in the... Um, I think so. Wow. Um, I think it's called like te Terror at 10,000 feet or something. Um, I need to check it now because I feel like I could be wrong. But I, I'm sure ripping off the him. Simpsons episode with Bart on the bus, of course. <laughs> Trio yes, it was. Twilight Zone, the movie. It was remade in 1983. And um, John... Okay, John Nightmare at 20,000 feet, it was called. Uh. Um, and John Lithgow played... Um, John Ballantyne, who suffered from a severe fear of flying. Um, wow. Said he also had a very special connection with Frasier. Do you know what that is? Uh, maybe he's maybe he's kind of related, stepbrother of Kelsey Grammer or something. I don't know. Um, so John Lithgow is actually the producer's first choice to play Frasier Crane. Wow, that's insane. Um, I'm, 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 it's actually a very good interview. I think with he was on the um the Graham Norton show and he discusses it. Uh, and I don't think he likes to discuss it too much because he feels it does, it does a disservice to Kelsey. Um, mm. but he, and also, he, was he offered... thinks that all those Emmys and money he could have won. <laughs> That's so, yeah, I imagine. <laughs> um, it'd be interesting because I don't know if this... Because uh, I think, obviously, Frasier and Third Rock from the Sun actually ran around the same time, so I don't know whether we'd mm. have even had Frasier as a show... You know, had John Lisko taken on the role, but he did. He did. He was offered the part of Fraser Crane and turned it down. Wow, great fact, man! And a third rock from the sun, I think, had a, a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt in. Um, there was a brief Dude, period where, like, yeah, there was a period of like the noughties where, the late noughties, where me and my brother were like, obsessed with everything he was in. Don't really know why or how that was born, but <laughs> that's there. You go. Um, yeah, okay. So that's your uh, that's your first question, Key. Lay your second okay. on me, brother. Question number two. Mm -hmm. Who is <laughs> this? Is a very long winded question. Okay. Who is the brother of the head of the nomination committee? Uh, <laughs> is it Aubrey something? <laughs> is Aubrey something? Yeah. Uh, oh, so he says it to the I don't know your your brother Aubrey. Um, <laughs> is it is it Aubrey like li Little John? It is Aubrey Little yes, John? Yes, yeah. man. 
I have a feeling someone mentions Little John somewhere, either in another trivia question or in Listener Mail, so I really hope we haven't stepped on anyone's toes there. But just the way he says, I know your brother, Aubrey, or son, or whatever. It's just like, oh, help the woman up. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, wow, not bad. I didn't think I'd get that. Okay, my third and final question. Let's go, Chief. How many nominations and wins does Bulldog have? Oh, that's a great question. I'm trying to think. He, he can't have been around that much longer than Frazier has been. Frazier, this is his second year. I reckon Bulldog's maybe got a few ahead of him. I reckon maybe it's his fifth straight nomination or something. Okay, do you want to take a guess at how many he's won? If oh, I know. oh, okay. Um, I'm going to say he's won all five. Okay, interesting shout level. Okay. Um, find out it's actually his fourth nomination. Ah. He's won three. So oh, I assume, man. I assume the three times he's previously been nominated, he's already won, and this is his fourth. Man, so pretty good. A symbol of broadcasting excellence in Seattle since 1991. <laughs> Rough! <laughs> he, re- <laughs> he really has. <laughs> um, that's a great, great question, though. Good set there, Key. I mean, I got I got one. So Two out of three. You got oh, John Lithgow. Oh, I did, but got... with some serious cajoling from you. So, um, whether <laughs> in that fairness, the clues were shows that you have not seen. So. <laughs> I know, to be fair, just my knowledge of people with the initials JL is clearly sorely lacking because he was the only name that came to me uh maybe john levitz from saturday night live and stuff um there's another one okay let me hop over to reddit and go and find Corey's questions to see things to a close this week so question number one from mk as of the start of the episode how long is it until the awards ceremony okay i, I vaguely remember um, ros saying that she's got um she's got to lose five pounds in is it two weeks i think is that is that your answer yeah i'm gonna say two weeks you are spot on well played well played two weeks because that's what and Corey's put in brackets as Roz has that long to lose five pounds so during the course of the episode how many times does Kari successfully make some form of contact with Frasier and this is also like this this means like she's been in his kind of proximity i would say not spoken to him directly Though that does happen, obviously, with the call, which is one of them. I'll give you one because I've had to there explaining <laughs> the rules. Um, but yeah, whenever she's been in close proximity to him, how many times? Okay. Oh, there's the call. There's the call. How'd you get that, man? <laughs> oh, mate, it was a good one, wasn't it? Um, are we counting that she saw him at the florist and or Cafe Nervosa before the call? Is that two? Uh, I haven't got that, but that, that would technically... Oh, I think that should count. So we'll we'll, we'll pretend Corey included that. Um, okay. okay. So um, three, she slipped something into his briefcase, I think. A she note. Does the scarf? Um, the scarf um, into the briefcase. In the, in, in the briefcase. Then she slipped something into his jacket pocket, saying, "You could die if you don't wear this." <laughs> <laughs> a note in his jacket. That's one. Yeah. She calls the apartment. She does um, to say that she'll be at the thing tonight, and then she is at the thing tonight. Um, she doesn't speak to him, but she is in the proximity. She, she does so. Corey has put she never meets him in person, so hasn't counted that one. But okay. if we're counting the florist one, you know, maybe we count that one. But there's one more, and it's of course the the note on the balloon, oh, the balloon. outside the front door. Did you say um, we've got uh, excellent we've got another uh, sorry quiz to say. this week? Um, oh my god, we do, and I've nearly just jumped out of trivia corner. Um, forgive me, me to ask you their questions. 
go for it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's on the Reddit. The username is A N N A R Y E for listeners. Uh, I don't know how to Anna pronounce Roy? that. A- Anna yeah, Roy. Anna, Anna Roy. Yeah, Anna Roy sounds good to me. I'm gonna assume their name is Anna and, uh, and just refer to them as she. Just um, go for I, it. Just go for it. Could be wrong. I apologize. <laughs> um, okay, so question number one: mm-hmm. How does Frasier suggest that Roz conceals her pimple? Technically, there's four answers, but she will also accept two. Oh god this is a great question um i genuinely can't remember i mean something maybe about concealer or makeup is one of them maybe um if that's not on there i really haven't got any hope uh i'll give you makeup yeah okay um i really don't know you're gonna have to give me these i'm gutted okay so there's uh if we accept there's two answers then it is makeup and a beekeeper's mask oh yeah um, to be more specific, the makeups he actually suggests are foundation, contouring, and shadowing. <laughs> this is just extremely <laughs> good knowledge from Fraser there. Okay. Wow. Um, question number two. <clears throat> Lay it on, mate. I, love, I really like this question, actually, because mm-hmm. it's a great line. Um, which big and wide bodyguards were <laughs> Fraser expecting? I actually think I know name. this. Because I, yeah. I, I've, I've made a note of how bizarre the name choices are. I think it's a Dominic, a Rocco, or a Ruth, even. <laughs> um, I mean, Rocco, I'll give you Rocco. Rocco's a really, like, that's a tough name. Dominic. Dominic, I just, <laughs> Dominic sounds like he works on Wall Street. Like, I just, yeah. that is not a tough guy name. No offense to any Dominics oh. listening, but I'm sure you'd agree with us. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yes. great question, Anna Roy. Um, you are absolutely correct with that one. So, excellent. Um, one out of two so far let's see if you can bring it home mm. final question mm-hmm. one million pounds but <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to give you that <laughs> okay what would cindy have to do to kill bulldog uh i, oh, I can't remember the line specifically but it's something like move my thumb a quarter inch or something um i don't know if i don't know if that's this measurement she gives but it's move her thumb like something of an inch well we said that this was for one million pounds. Yeah. And you told us she had to move her thumb a quarter of an inch. I did. Well, yeah. You've just won <laughs> one million pounds. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Anna Roy, and thank you, Key. I'm over the moon to have got some questions right this week. What a feeling, eh? What a feeling. I mean, I just want to check. Do they have Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And I imagine it's syndicated worldwide. Oh, no, it was uh, it was big in the US as well. Uh, really good. big. I can't remember if it was big. It was bought over from the US to here or vice versa. But no, it was it was big in the uh, in the US. I think, uh, weirdly, I, I was reading about, um, you know, the, the late 90s, early 2000s, really brief sitcom. Um, well, it's not a sitcom, but kind of. Uh, Freaks and Geeks. Have I watched Freaks and Geeks? Oh, I've seen like a couple of episodes and that's it. So I know that people say it was cancelled before its time. It is fantastic and so ahead of its time. Like, it has aged amazingly well. You would not know it was 99 that this thing was being made. And obviously, all of the cast went on to be huge as well. I mind thinking one of them, I can't remember her name, but she played Daphne in the... No, not Daphne. Velma, Velma yeah. Is it Linda 
Cardellini, I think. Um, I know that name because I have an immense crush on Linda Cardellini. And in Freaks and Geeks, she's 25, so she's my age now, but she's playing like an 18-year-old and she looks like 18. Um, She's just very young at heart and in the face and whatever, but yeah, she she is a delightful creature, (laughs) as Frasier might say. (laughs) A delightful creature. (laughs) Um, Thank you, everyone. Man, we really dug a hole there. Um, Thank you, everyone, who wrote in this week. Uh, Brilliant questions, brilliant questions. And that just leaves us to hop into the review. Okay, so can you tell us what the animation was, please? I think, is it lightning? Mm, Yes, it was. Do you think this may be prophetic in some way? I think it had that. I know you saw me. I don't don't want to, like, take your words here, but uh, you said off the air, you thought this is kind of like a spooky sort of a thriller episode. And um, Uh, they they say, is it a pathetic fallacy? Um, They do indeed. Yeah, they do. Um, I think I think it's a bit of a portent here about what's to come. Um, I think it's got a, a prophetic quality, and that's, it makes me like it even more. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of the lightning and the rain ones anyway. Um, so, Fraser's giving some typically <laughs> platitude, platitudinal advice here at KACL. He he's talking about being a born scatterbrain. Would you would you say, Key, you are a scatterbrain, or are you quite logical? Where do you fall on on a spectrum of one to ten? One being pure scatterbrain, and ten being like robotic logic. Where do you fall? Um, With you, it's quite hard to answer this, you know, personally. But I'd probably say I'm around like a seven. I'm, I'm more logical, I'd say, than I am a scatterbrain. Mm. Um, though I lack common sense. So that holds yeah, me I do too, actually. I do too. Um, but I do like to like, work out a path of how I'm going to do something and then just follow that path before mm-hmm. I do anything. So I, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm particular scatterbrain. I, I am like you. I think scatterbrain it, it, it immediately makes you think of a negative. Um, I think just if we reframe that as like people who have just a lot of a lot of thoughts bouncing around at the same time. They're quite spontaneous. They're quite improvisational, maybe. That's what I would associate yeah. with that spectrum. Um, I, am, I am not spontaneous. I went, I had to do <laughs> a, a psychological test not too long ago. Um, mm. And one of the factors they judge you on is whether you are spontaneous or organized. And I scored very highly on organized instructor. <laughs> Apparently, I can't play until I finish my work. Is my mental according <laughs> to what my results said? I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same. And if I've got something to do, I like to have a plan. Um, you know, and if I'm going to like make an important phone call, I'll get like, you know, I'll write some notes down. I'll get a bit of a script so I know what to say. Um, you know, obviously. It's kind of weird the fact that like, this podcast is an hour and a half of us ad-libbing, basically. Um, whereas this is so not my normal territory. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'm quite logical. Um, they're talking here about Fraser's talking about a, a, a tribe. I can't remember the name of the tribe. You might have made a note. Shipibo. That's it. Shamibo. I think it's Shipibo or uh, okay, or, or Shibibo or something like that. I don't want to even try and pronounce that and offend <laughs> the. Uh, I don't think the tribe are going to be listening, but. Um, he talks about bringing a, a, a using a crude blowgun to bring a monkey down from the jungle canopy or so, something bizarre. Some kind of analogies going off on here. Just really made me remind remind me of sorry when I was a kid. I used to have like loads of action man dolls, and I had like you know a tribal action man, and he had this little like thing on his back that he popped out, and um, he could put like little darts in a blow thing he's holding to his mouth, and you blow into the back of action man. And he blows the blow darts out. Um, and just oh, cool. to me, it was like the coolest thing ever. And that was really the only experience I've ever had with a blow dart. Um, they always looked fun in like, you know, mid mid 
20th century films, but not so much a problem on the on the battlefield these days, I don't think. Um, when you've I got, I'd struggle with a blow. Dot. I'd go to breathe in, so I could drop <laughs> that out, and then it'd suck into and hit me in the throat or something. I'm not. I am not one for you know. You don't, you don't think you've got the lung capacity to get like a real good bit of distance on one? I can barely blow off a balloon. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing a blow dart. Oh, I'm not very good at balloons, actually. I don't. I'm not a big fan. They just have to be really you know, dirty I do as one well. Blow, and then as I'm going to my second blow, the air comes out and I'm back to square <laughs> one again. Just, so essentially, you just hyperventilate into balloons. <laughs> you don't actually blow anything anything up. Amazing. Oh, that's so weird because I've I've put borrowing the phrase from a different episode. I've just put Fraser is doling out some more typical balloon juice um, on my notes here, and obviously, you know, what a great that's such, such a good coincidence. I've missed the CBs. I'm glad the CBs are back and that they're going to an awards ceremony. Um, I just think they've got uh, just that, that kind of air of pomp and circumstance that they have. It's it's really befitting the tone of the show where everyone gets dressed up and goes out for some kind of ultimate hijinks will end up befalling them all. But you know, I. I really do like the CBs as a bit of a, a season constant. I'm not sure it's in every season. I mean, I don't think it is. There's no way there's 11 CB awards. But so far, we've had one. Am I right in thinking there were two in... in oh, no. We've had... we've had, Botch Language of Cranes is just in the same vibe yeah, that, as that, the CBs, isn't it? That's just a charity function. Yeah, like, oh, but in, in my head, I've kind of rewritten it as a CB because it's the same room and, you know... Uh, the, um, the only CB episode we've had is the one that, of course... Kennedy Burling presented. My God, Fletcher Gray, I like him. Uh, <laughs> Helen Shapiro, I like. Him. <laughs> um, Bald, Bulldog is back at this point. Um, I've missed him greatly doing his typical, uh, being just typical and massive creep. You know, stop wearing those corduroys, Ross. I can barely see your panty line. That's a really visceral and just a lie that really makes you got to step back and think, man, this guy's got serious issues. But it's it's delightful to have Dan Butler doing his thing. Fra I've got a line for Frasier here, and this hurts me how. Because, oh, it's because Kai wants to ring again, so he's kind of indulging his narcissistic side. What do you make of the, the Kari call and this whole one, vibe bit, really? There is a shoplifter on line one who they've just ignored because There's of There's a shoplifter? Oh, is it why she's got, like, kleptomania or something? Is that what the deal is? I don't know, um, but Roz does say we've got a shoplifter on line one. Line <laughs> two is your number one fan. He goes, ooh, Kari, I'll go with her. <laughs> God, man, he's just a terrible psychiatrist, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> it's, it's a bit uncomfortable. I don't they call this so weird. It's like they're it's dating. sweet, isn't it, man? Um, and there must be however many thousand people are listening to his show mm. just sitting going what the hell is going on this is the last uh, call of the day we could ride a shoplifter okay <laughs> <laughs> i would have turned the radio off so hard once this like cringe fest began um i mean i'm interested to see when we get to the end of the episode do you think the woman who voices kari in the show on in these instances is the same as the actor that actress the played her Certainly not the same person. Like a completely different voice. Their voices are. There's a good twenty years worth of difference. I'd say. Uh, yeah, Kari sounds the, really young, doesn't she? Yeah, she sounds like the the caller Kari. You probably think maybe they're in not their twenties, mm. uh, maybe late twenties, early thirties. Whereas the woman Kari, I'd say, even just like from her voice, not her appearance or anything, I guess to be in like her late fifties, maybe. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, and it's a strange one for me that they don't even call it out because like he thinks that cindy um could be kari and things like that despite the fact again cindy doesn't sound anything like her either so yeah <laughs> what's, what's going on with that voice 
recognition is certainly not a strong point in this episode. Um, he's not generally on the show, is it? Like, no, I'm Fraser Crane. That's what you would say if you weren't Fraser Crane. Oh like, my god, yeah. That's only a few weeks ago as well. Yeah, so clearly not a, a strong point there. Um, but I completely agree. I just, I've put that it's sickly sweet. I put, actually, I put this is sickly sweet. Fraser almost deserves a stalker at this point. Um, just because he's just really grinding my gears with how, like, he's just loving this, this loving, um, just being very self-indulgent. But it does take a really creepy turn, and I think this is genuinely scary. Um, like, Fraser should be more alarmed than he is when she's like, you know, I, I, you weren't at your usual routine. He's like, excuse me. And then, you know, you know oh, Cafe Nervosa, you drink there every morning. I, I just do think this is genuinely scary. And he just plays it off. And, you know, like obviously, Ross is like, there's loads of nuts out there. Or I can't remember the word she uses that Fraser doesn't like. Um, does she say creeps? Yeah, creeps. Um, but, I mean, I if I was Fraser, I'd be very concerned at this point. I don't know. I, I don't know whether if this was if this was today, is is the threat of a stalker scarier now than it was back then? I don't know. I, I just, do you not think he underreacts? Me, like the first time, I wouldn't be too worried if, if they went, "Oh, I saw you at Cafe Nervosa." They'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's a weird coincidence." You know, mm. that's one of those things. When they start slipping things into your bag and your jacket pocket without <laughs> you noticing, then I'd be a little bit more. <laughs> I'd be worried then. And start talking at the grave, <laughs> you know. Then oh, you, you're really going to start thinking. What's quite weird though is that Kari's obviously really like desperate to talk to him, and yeah. a bit infatuated with him. She's very quick to hang up the phone every time. She's like, "Oh, I can tell I'm boring you. Bye bye now." It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good point. It's like she's just been angling for airtime all afternoon, and she's like, "Oh yeah, see it." Like maybe it's because she thinks, "Oh, if I stay on the line, he'll start asking me questions, and he'll realise that I'm a massive freak." I don't know. Um, <laughs> freak a strong word but she's you know she, i guess when well I'll, i don't want to jump to the ending because it's kind of i've got issues with it so we'll talk about that in a little bit i mean we've I, i've already read out the line from bulldog about the corduroys um which is just red phrase just like he says he hates the word creep that's when bulldog's cue to say the line is and then he says you know but some people do leave me groping for synonyms um reduce the word groping yeah no, really very yeah hard. very good actually um it almost seems unintentional like just a really good little bit of coincidence there but i mean i'm sure it was groping for synonyms sounds like it should be like a band or something i don't know it's a, i've just put a good title for something but don't know what um <laughs> groping for sin i don't know maybe like the name of some kind of spelling bee <laughs> probably wouldn't get a very big uptake <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the uh, the 25th annual spelling bee, which we're calling groping for synonyms, <laughs> like I am the I am the 2020 groping for synonyms champion. <laughs> we didn't have enough time to put for synonyms on the trophy. There wasn't enough space. It just says 2020 groping champion, not a trophy you'd want to win. Um, <laughs> So Frasier, really, really subtle gags here in the apartment. Frasier doesn't put Niles' coat on the hanger for him, which is slightly less subtle because Niles kind of stands there looking a bit affronted. And then he offer, gets himself a sherry and doesn't offer Niles one. And again, there's a bit of a subtle look of disdain from Niles. It's a subtle gag. I don't really know why. I, I liked it. I don't really know what's the deal here. Is it because Frasier's so wrapped up in his narcissism in this episode? Is that what we're meant to think? Or he's just he's just being typically flippant? I don't know. It's a weird one. Possibly. I don't know if... if I don't I don't know we're meant to because obviously um niles does have a very very great line of popularity is just a hallmark of mediocrity you just I made know. that up didn't you that's <laughs> what i stand by <laughs> so i don't know if it's meant to i don't know just be sort of hinting at a little bit of an, an annoyance between the two of them a little bit about that but i don't know it, it, it is a bit of a strange one especially given that obviously sherry niles is such a um you know 
Fraser offering him a drink is, is such a, a staple of Niles sort of coming round to the apartment. So it's the right. show's catchphrase. It is, a, it is a strange one, but I really, really do love in this scene the whole little bit of the interplay between Niles and, and Daphne. You know, does handwriting with sociopath? You know, big, big loops. <laughs> exactly how they call it, the Butcher of Brighton. Just I, I made a note about this. Is the Butcher of Brighton even a thing, or is that just something that's been made up? I don't know. I'm um, pretty sure it's not a real thing. I'll, I'll have a quick look is. now. But I um, had a Google. I found like. But it's kind of like bodies in a box murders or something in Brighton. I don't know, from like way, way ago. Um, Fraser and Niles mention, is this an opera they're going to see? De Fliegen, De Fliegen de Hollander or something? Um, not quite oh, sure. Good. Yeah, very impressed. Not yeah, quite I, sure I, how you say it. I spelt it horrendously over here. So Yeah, I'm, I'm all I, I tried to spell it. I was like, mm, nah, Holland. Something to do with Holland. You've got to give up halfway through. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, I've made a note, Kari, wrap around your neck. Is this is this the line she uses about the scarf? Like, here's something to wrap around your neck. I can't remember what specifically you said there. Um, yeah, a little bit of me to wrap around your neck. Yeah, oh. what, a hor- what a horrendous <laughs> line, man. Just so, so sinister. And kind of sexual as well. I mean, Kari. I mean, her husband has passed away years ago, so I'm thinking that she's clearly missing a bit of Frasier. That's what she's she wants. pent up, isn't she? She's looking for a release, and and you know the love the doctor is in the love doctor. So, you know, maybe Kari. You know, we can we can sympathise on that level. Um, Martin's gag about the barber chair is fantastic. I've written down. Um, oh yes, no more than thirty seconds there. Yeah, no more than thirty seconds there. I just love that because it is like a talking point that by season three he finally sorts it out. Um, but it is just still insane in in seasons one and two. I don't I don't know if he thought it would look good or the producers thought it looked good. I've got no idea what the thinking was there. Um, but it's 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 just terrible. Um, Daphne with another weird surreal monologue, which we've already mentioned, the Butcher of Brighton. Um, just again, just like last week, she's just given these strange monologues where the surreal imagery they just kind of don't really go anywhere like they're, they're kind of funny but they're more just weird like i'm really on these rewatches for this for this podcast i'm just acutely aware of how different her writing is than everyone else in the show everyone else kind of is like in the same universe she speaks like she's on a different planet sometimes and obviously that's the writers it's not jane leaves um which i mean while we're on the subject i know Recklier took significant offense to the fact we didn't pick Jane, Daphne for our Daphne's room pick. But I mean, as I said to, to Reckley on Reddit, I'm fairly confident Daphne had more airtime in like Retirement is Murder than she did in an episode named after her, don't you think? Yeah, um, to be honest with you, that's the big thing that's actually struck me re-watching this for the podcast is I don't think I've ever realised before just how little Oz and Daphne have to do. Yeah, Oz especially. I, I don't know why, but... Just never really clicked with me before. I've always just thought of them as, you know, just part of the team, part of the, the gang sort of thing, part of the family. Yeah. Um, it's only now that I'm like, wow, they, they're barely in it, really, at this stage still. No. They are. So, I feel like Daphne comes into her own uh, kind of. I mean, she has a great, she has great moments in the innkeepers in a few weeks' time. But I think she comes into her own in seasons three and four because she starts having some. Like, I think of like the, the relationship with Joe. She starts to have a little bit more about her, um, which is really good. But then, like, I mean, controversial. But I think a lot of people agree with this. After her and Niles get together, she does undergo a big character rewrite and kind of loses all of the whimsy that she. That we're, we're, I guess we're moaning about a bit here, but she has a pretty significant 
like underwriting after she gets together with Niles and again maybe loses a bit of luster but obviously we're, we've got it's years until we get to that so um Niles saying and the distinction would be at this point like he says and the distinction would be like what does Fraser say like she finds me irresistible or she's insane or something I can't remember um I think that he says um God, what does he say? Um, I can't remember. It's just the way it's something about oh, like because it's just the way Niles got his dreams. Like, and the distinction would be. He so said that um, she's just a woman who she's not a weirdo. She's just a woman who finds me utterly fascinating. There we go. That's so good. And then Niles immediately following up after the balloons are delivered with the loop titans, which is just great. Oh, I, love that line. I love David Hyperse's delivery of that line. So I don't know what good. it is. So I mean, because I think at that stage he's got a drink in his hand, and mm. it's just the way he, he sort of seems to lift upwards slightly as he yes. says it. And I just love it. Just the, the delivery is perfect for me. I absolutely exactly love it. with the way he says, and the distinction would be as well. He kind of uses the drink to gesture. He's got that like merry, you know, a couple of sherry's down vibe about him, which are just yeah, really good in some of these scenes. Then obviously Frazier crapping himself when a balloon pops, which I think even even at my age now, I don't think this ever gets not scary i think it always makes me jump when a balloon pops um tend to not be a big fan of balloons to be honest i see balloons in a room i'm just thinking there's a lot of potential here for me to be to, for them to make me jump so you know <laughs> there you go um i've already made a note we've talked about <clears throat> um john lithgow madman martinez but i just love this this guy you know it's like i've, I've, I've got a new car just still in the foreground it's like <laughs> here are some paid commercial messages um i just i just love it i just think this is a gag that i, I can't believe we hadn't had at that po up to this point once you hear it because you just think there's gonna be people that would make use of fraser's show in this really selfish way so i just think it works so so well um, i think this is such an iconic for me this is one of the the call-ins i always really remember yeah it's, it's him advertising his crappy cars massively so. um and i just i love the way he, he builds like a crescendo with like 20 percent to all your listeners people say to me man man you're crazy i say i deal in volume <laughs> i deal in volume unfortunately so do i <laughs> oh man i'm coming um this is really weird phrasing now from roz um she reveals her spot and like you know phrase is like oh you know that you can't even see it and she's like from where the space shuttle do you not just think the is really weird here like there's a there's one space shuttle in 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 the sky i don't i don't understand this if she said the space station that makes sense um i don't know when the iss was built i don't even know if it was up in space in the 90s i have no idea probably um but just i just found i just always find the space shuttle is a really weird phrase don't know why it's, i agree with you and it's it's a weird one because if, if you said to me the space shuttle I'd, I'd get it more if it was maybe like during the challenger days when they were building the challenger space shuttles and they were going up and it could be a reference to that but the timing i don't think is right for that it's about probably about 10 years out yeah so, i just don't understand it but I, if she said what from a space shuttle that would have made more sense the way she says it, it's like she's referencing one specifically and i don't know which one that is um so yeah just a just an interesting observation but um she then she has some great lines in this scene that astrodome that you call a forehead which is brilliant and then and then oh great i'll be sitting at your table with a bullseye on my nose um yeah. just i just think she's got some great moments here and then, oh yeah what who says this line that's just what your personality needs another bullet oh fraser says that to martin back at the apartment doesn't i um yeah, when he says about how he could take he it's about like they were talking about the perfect bodyguard and someone who could take a bullet and that's yes. what he said like, yeah 
just, I can take a bullet. Needs another bullet. That is so, so good. Um, I love the way they're kind of sparring at this point. Uh, and Niles makes a Lizzie Borden joke at the door. Are you, are you familiar oh. with who Lizzie Borden is or was before um, this episode? Uh, Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, gave her father 41. Wow, I... I'd never heard that before. I'm sure, yeah, that's, that's a rhyme. Um, so I think it alleged, is. Alleged to have killed both her mother and her father with an axe. She was actually found not guilty. Um, certainly, like in American culture, it was a case that sort of very much took... Um, the public's imagination i think um mm. and some very dodgy i think like she burnt her clothes like a week later and said they had paint on them or something like that um but i also Jeez. whenever i uh, think of lizzie board i also think of martin prince in the simpsons going 40 wax with a wet noodle bath in the episode <laughs> oh my god man. martin prince came up last week as well with a loot um so i'll just Keep keep the Martin Prince love coming, Key. That's all I can say to you. So yeah, great. I, I didn't realise. I forgot about that rhyme actually. I think a film with Chloe. I never know how you say her surname. She's a great actor, Chloe Savigny or Savigny. She played I've, Lizzie Borden. It. I have seen a Lizzie Borden film a few years ago. I think one came out again like last year or something. But that might be the one I'm talking about. about um, which I wanted I to say had Kristen Kristen Stewart in it. I think from Twilight films and Zathora. I think that might be the. Chloe, um, I think that might be the Chloe, so, Chloe Savigny. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, the one from 2018. I saw one that probably came out a, a bit longer ago. I've not seen the newest one, but um, yeah, it yeah, is. Um, it's a really fascinating case, actually. I love stuff like that. Um, there's a really I'm not going to explain it now, but listeners, if you're interested in that kind of mysterious, unsolved crime thing, there's a, a great, there was a really creepy series of axe murders of a, a, a family on a very isolated farm. I think somewhere in Scandinavia, um, but it's known as like the Hinterkaifeck murders. And I think that's like Hinter as in Hinterland, then K-A-I. F-E-C-K. Um, don't take my word on it, but if you type that in Google and put murders, you'll find the right one. Um, but about someone was like living on the homestead with them in like crawl spaces and things and was picking them off. Um, and I don't think it ever got solved, but super creepy and interesting. So that's something to look at. Um, I love this moment with Niles now, kind of recalling how jealous Maris is at the fact that they don't have a stalker, and like saying, "Aren't we? Aren't we important enough to be stalked, etc.?" Um, which is just exactly how you'd expect her to react in this way, and even better that she's a character we don't even know, but we expect this from her. It's a lovely line. It's. Just, it's. I think Niles. He's not actually in this episode very much, but what he does have is just gold. I think such every good line, delivery, isn't it? Such good delivery. Yeah, just time after time after time. Um, it is, it's, it's a very Maris thing. Even for someone we've never seen, it's very Maris to want to stalk her. It is. Um, just, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't like <laughs> paid for one at some point. And then, you know, when she's out for high society friends, like, oh God, that's such and such my secret admirer. You know, he's stalking me again, not playing it off. I can just see her doing that. Um, <laughs> you know, like they've got, they've got, they drunk, rich yuppies, Niles and Maris. have got more money than they know what to do with. Um, that's the kind of thing I could see her doing. Um, then we have now the brilliant explanation, uh, the brilliant moment where Frazier's uh, bodyguard arrives and he says he was expecting a Dominic or a Rocco or a Ruth even. And I just put what with like four question marks on my notes because as we've already said, Dominic, not a remotely intimidating name. Um, I'm trying to think if, I've, if we know any Roccos, like even celebrities. Is there any famous Roccos? But you like you hear Rocco, I think like Rocky. 
you know. Um, so I imagine Sylvester mm. Stallone would be like a decent bodyguard, but I can't think. Was there not like. You certainly were. No, even then I'm thinking like Rocky and Bullwinkle. I can't think of a famous Rocco. Um, oh, I don't think. I don't think I do. I'm thinking of like Rocky Johnson, the Rock's dad. Um, but again, that's not Rocco. That's Rocky. Yeah, I just. This name. And if anyone can t- help us out with a famous Rocco, please. Is a, there is a rapper um, called that Rocco. Does, helps. I mean, I listen to a fair amount of hip hop and I. I've never heard of Rocco. How well what year are we talking? Um, in 2013, he reached a top 20 at the top of the Hot 100 with U O E N O. U O E N O. Yeah. U O. I I can't. What What does that spell? You know. You You know. Okay. I've not heard that. It'll actually be his 41st birthday on December 28th this year. So, um. Just a shout out to Rocco because I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he's a listener. Um, just just a shout doing... out from the two whitest guys on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to him! What I love, right, is um, his stage name is Rocco or Rocco Dadon. Um, <laughs> his birth name is Rodney Ramon Hill Jr. Wow, um, man. <laughs> Which is just, it's not the name I associate with a rapper, but Rodney, um, Ram- Rodney Ramon is a better rapper name because it's got the alliterative <laughs> thing going on. They're both um, like two syllables. Always That's... reminds me, like, do you know what Alice Cooper's real name is? I did not. I assumed it was Alice Cooper. It's, Alice Cooper is the name of like one of the first bands he was in, and he took it as his name. Right. His real name is Vincent Fernier. Cause, wow. And he, he changed it because he said, quote whoever heard of a glam rock star called vincent fernier that is an amazing name okay i was gonna oh. say no one had heard of one that's precisely the point not who, be who that think, one who thinks i want to be a glam rock star i know alice cooper that's the name <laughs> i should have thought no should have stuck with vincent fernier alice cooper man just sounds like a kind of pencil pushing bureaucrat or something does not sound like a glam rocker but there you go yeah that's some, some you can you can talk all day about names they're just hilarious i've got here my well when when i can't remember what her name is now is it kathy the the, the um the bodyguard, the bodyguard. Uh, cindy. cindy 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 yeah i think cindy, you know so, tina a boss yeah. <laughs> no they're all out of uh, stasis uh, i do think and it's it's funny don't get me wrong but i think people would probably agree with me here mostly martin is a bit of a a bit of a knob here and is particularly sexist i think I, I i laugh at the jokes i think he's funny i don't dislike the scene he is a bit out of line when you know she's clearly a professional and being a bodyguard is more than just being physically imposing and diving in front of a bullet you know you've got to be like logistically smart know where the exits are keep your eyes peeled on everyone in the room which i'm sure she's good at so you know i just think it's it kind of goes on a bit too long his endless ribbing of her but then she doesn't help herself by saying i need a list of all viable organ donors so i mean that's ridiculous so i mean what do you make of this i think i completely agree on the point that i do feel he judges her just because she's a woman in a Mm. sense like he, he, you know, the fact that they're called name is Cindy, you know, he makes a joke about, uh, I guess, Candy was busy and things like that. Yeah. Um, two kinds of jokes, actually, above that level, isn't it? Two name and ones. I do feel like he is very dismissive of her. And a factor of that is definitely the fact that I think he's a woman, her name is Cindy, and he just doesn't take her with any kind of credibility. 
Yeah. That, that said, I also do think she's not a particularly good bodyguard. No, um, she's a little bit incompetent. We don't really I mean, get to see her in action, but she's a bit of a bit of a goon. I mean, her telling people, you know, don't be paranoid is good. Paranoid is not good to an extent. It's bad. Okay. She puts Ranger in danger because she makes him paranoid. Yeah, she makes. She is inadvertently responsible for the overhead flip of Mrs. Little John. <laughs> yes. So you know, she's got blood on her hands as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, no, I completely agree. She's not the best. But Martin's ribbing goes on. It's a bit of half a dozen, six of one, half a dozen of the other. I also wonder as well, is Martin a bit peeved that he's not been entrusted with this? Because obviously as a former cop, mm. yeah, he, and obviously the person who walks in and solves it all as soon as he gets there, pretty much. Um, yeah, good point, actually. Know, is, is there an element that he's just a bit annoyed that he's been overlooked for the job, given that he's arguably you know, the best man for it? Yeah, I think I think so. And just the fact, you know, he's no longer able bodied and stuff and he probably just he just has that envy, which I sympathize with. Um, but we don't really get any kind of actual material and substance to that. You know, we're just left to pick that apart for ourselves. We're just given a lot of like quick fire, slightly sexist jokes, which are funny, but you know, we're thin after a while. Um I don't get Nas's line here where he says I was paranoid. When he like any smart smirks to Cindy, she says like, "Be paranoid. Paranoid is good." And then he says, "I was paranoid." It sounds like he's quoting something. Yeah, it's like if he turned around and said, "I was paranoid," as though he was like agreeing with her, I'd kind of get it to say like, "Oh, look at me, I'm clever. I I was already paranoid. I you know I'm on the same wavelength as you." Hmm. But the way he delivers it, like with "I was paranoid," is like that he it's... was, but he's not anymore. Yeah, it um... honestly sounded to me like he was referring to a time he played a character called Paranoid like you know what i mean like it sounds like yeah. it's a, an arts joke and he's like i was paranoid a bit like you know with phrase saying i was bottom you know in midsummer night's dream i don't know yeah, no i agree it's a really weird it's a strange delivery and i can't i don't really get it i'm not sure if i'm missing something or if it's just been the, the way the emphasis is that it's come out a bit different but it's a strange one that that said though i do love the the great line of the relationship here with between uh, Cindy and Daphne, which follows this line immediately after. But he turns around and goes, right, so you're happy with these people living across the hall with you, you know? And it's just her, her immediate dismissal of Daphne as a lunatic. It's, it's <laughs> That's Corley been getting. Any kind of accent? <laughs> That's a good line. Reference again to Niles' unusually small, shy kidneys. Um, it's only been like a couple of weeks ago since he talked about his shy kidneys now they're unusually small so Niles just loves to chat about his kidneys um we've, we've got that much one of my favorite lines and i actually think this is my favorite line of the episode now is when they're at the function at the cbs and bulldog just says well Ross, what you guide my sleigh tonight <laughs> i just that is absolutely amazing it's so mean but so funny i just think dan butler smashes that one out of the park and then immediately gets thrown into a headlock and gets pressure point by uh, by cindy so just him screaming i've never been so turned on in my life i just think bulldog has a great little two minutes here yeah it's um it's very typical bulldog isn't it yeah. and dan dan does it so well that he's in i say he's in it probably a grand total of two minutes if you actually counted up the seconds he's on screen but yeah um he is he's he's very memorable when he's on you know, on stage so to speak he, so he is it's uh, yeah it's a really nice little bit and he's delivering the line to roz with you know hey why don't you guy my slay tonight <laughs> it's so, so well delivered it, it is it's viciously cruel but it's it a very is. clever line it is. He knows how to kind of strike at the heart of people's insecurities. I mean, there's clearly no one on the damn elevator at this point. 
um, when Fraser gets on it and then that woman, Mrs. Little John, is in the back. There is clearly no one there. I know they're trying to hide that corner, but like, you know, she's not exactly like five, you know, five stone or whatever. Like, it's not like she's impossible to see. So I just feel like you wouldn't be able to hide her like that. I just, yeah. Like, yeah. One, he's blatantly going to see her as he gets onto the elevator. Or the lift. <laughs> I, oh, you keep saying elevator, it's rubbing off on me. As it, I know, I'm so sorry. Um, but also, a very similar thing happens when he goes uh, into the lobby towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks around, there's no one there, but all of a sudden then there's someone who, in a red dress who disappears out of the That's door. That's really creepy, isn't it? Where does she come from? Like, yeah. She would have had to move <laughs> across the lobby to get to that door. <laughs> the door is in the middle from? of the set. Um, what's uh, there? Why is Where did she come from? That yeah, what's, killed me. What's going on? Oh, honestly, I have put that there's something really spooky about Fraser being left in that open foyer on his own. I mean, case in point is that freaking woman coming out of nowhere and running out of the <laughs> running out of the fire exit. Um, but yeah, I think this is a really spooky scene. And then he goes, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm laughing at my next bullet point. <laughs> I mean, obviously the you demented harpy line from from Fraser, but. The, the, the line basically we have the conclusion now because Kari just leaves because um, Martin figures out that it's her so I don't, I don't want to gloss over this but it's, it is a massive anticlimax it's some lovely doty old woman who for some reason thought let's be as creepy as possible <laughs> for, the, for the duration of her episode and then suddenly is lovely and just dismissed and everything's fine and then, again and just like her phone calls she's very quick to leave isn't she? <laughs> she's like I've, I've put all this effort in but you know what I'm going to go I'm not even going to say hello to the guy I'm not going to get an autograph I'm just gonna go. Then okay, this is just this episode just descended into farce. But okay, Fraser goes into the the multi-story car park, and there's just a staircase <laughs> into the oh, the road. Directly into a corner. What kind of, of, of architect designed this? If there was a fire, you're about to get two people abreast at once to, to, to kind of come round the corner of that staircase and leave. It is the most insane piece of building I've ever seen in my life. And I don't understand why, if it's real, which it must be, they couldn't have built that set. I, honestly, if people listening could tell me what the hell is going on with your multi-story car parks, I'd need to hear you. But then, obviously... Then- he bumps into this gang. I mean, sorry, you were going to say gang, something. The gang was like the understudy <laughs> for all the members of the A team. Just walk <laughs> up. I love as well. They walk perfectly in unison. If you watch their feet, they, they literally, do, you can tell they're like holding their breath and thinking, okay, I need to walk. Okay, take a step. I'm taking a step. Okay, okay. Next step. They're really thinking about their walk. You can tell. To which Fraser just throws his watch at them. And then runs. <laughs> Honest to God, man. I mean, well, as as we have learned all too often on this podcast, the meters don't run at night and neither do you. <laughs> um, I mean, it's actually quite a dark and unexplained ending because he comes onto the stage in the closing credits, very disheveled. Always to assume they caught him and absolutely wailed on him for like five minutes. I mean, what's the deal I mean, here? What were they doing? Were they trying to break into cars or did they? <laughs> were they just three guys just hanging around in the shadows, having a good time? And Fraser's clearly come and he's annoyed them by shouting at the darkness. <laughs> and they <laughs> having this guy. What I mean, did they? I'm assuming they mugged him. Um, I, they must have. I mean. I think it's just common knowledge that in every multi-story car park, and this is on every floor, 
there are three men who stand in the shadows and they come out to scare you and you're on your own. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I can't idea, believe you didn't already know this guy. I can just imagine the three guys, but one of them's brought an apprentice along and he, he keeps <laughs> wanting to go out early. Like, no, no, we wait till they come down. We don't do it when no one's around. Okay? Uh, like, Listen, this is your first day on the job. You just stay, but you should watch what we do. It's uh, learn, son, okay, see how it's done. Then next time we have a go. Oh my God. That, what a phenomenal way to taking notes as they beat Fraser up. <laughs> okay, I see you went for the uppercut there. Any particular reason you did that? Quiet, kid. <laughs> push, push. Um, the title of this episode, Key, is a Gershwin song, um, someone talked over me, which I think is from the. Um, I think oh, it's from the. Oh, I think okay. it's actually from a 1926 musical called Okay. Delightful <laughs> um, <laughs> for the whole family, really. I think <laughs> you're right. Um, so there, we, I just realised, Kim, we haven't done the titles for ages. Um, and I, I used to love doing that. We haven't done what does this title mean for probably about six, seven weeks, I'd say. But if you look back at them, I don't think there's been that many literary references, to be honest. Retirement is murder. Sounds like it's probably something, but I mean, I'm not going to go back and do them all now. I mean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's... Yeah, just a classic idiom, famously um, butchered by George you... W. Bush. <laughs> uh, you scratch my back. Uh, but you scratch my back. You scratch my book. Yep. That's a good one. And the show where Sam shows up, um, Just obviously, the cheers. classic cheers, yeah. Um, Daphne's room. Oh, I, um, I feel like well, well um, this uh, it might be a reference, but there's a very famous Bruce Springsteen song called um, "Candy's Room," which is like typically about you know small town. You know, I think it's about like a, a an old boyfriend going back to her room. Maybe she's passed away. I don't know. But like seeing, you know, all the all the memorabilia and stuff of when she was a teenager growing up when they were in love. I can't quite remember. It's on um, Darkness on the Edge of Town, I think. Um, but yeah, that could it could be a reference to that because it's quite a famous song. And Springsteen is like a legend. So. Um, uh, and then the club, I can't think of anything particularly with a club. No, that's very very vague so um is this episode in your top 10 key is not in my top 10 it's not in mine either though my god have i had fun reviewing it um i think this is like yeah this will this will probably be fairly high i think for season two when we rank them because i just think it's super creepy um it just really ticks a box for like spookiness and i'm someone who loves creepy things and you know loves getting creeped out and a show about like frazier you don't get that often so i think when there's chance for it to happen this is the episode you'd throw on. You know, even the ending in the car park is pretty dark for Frasier, even though not, not much happens. Um, best actor pick, Key, who have you gone for? Oh, it's, it's, I tell you what, it's genuinely a really tough one because it is. in terms of the time that they're actually on screen, my instinct says Frasier. But in terms of actually the delivery of lines, mm. all the funniest lines in this generally, I think, are actually from Niles. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So for that reason, I am... I'm gonna go for David Hyde Pierce just because oh, I, love, I like that. Love his little lines when they're in the apartment together. I am. Um, I mean, you've kind of taught me round, and I almost want to go for that, but I'm, I'll stick with my my pick, which was Frasier, um, just because obviously it's very Frasier centric. But just the way he handles the call at the beginning is quite funny. Um, he has some good lines with Raz, and yeah, just I, I, the, the the throwing Mrs. Little John over his shoulder is unbelievably hilarious. So. Um, I think I'm going to go with Frasier for this. Uh, Kennedy Burling, our man on the ground key. What would he make of someone to watch over me, please? Kennedy Burling is boycotting this episode because he was not presenting I the scene. I cannot CD. believe it. Who the hell did they get instead? Do you know? 
was Mrs. Littlejohn. Oh my God, she doesn't have the charisma and the stage presence that Kennedy has. How could they possibly you have one else? I mean, not even Martin likes her. So. He doesn't, you know, <laughs> Ben Shapiro. Um, I've, one thing I would say is Kennedy Burling, if he was with Frasier after, maybe they've, you know, they've gone down to the the multi-story car park after the show because you know he hosts <laughs> Satan an alternate universe. He hosted the show. The show's finished, and they're just they're shooting the breeze, and they're both walking back to their cars. If the gang stumbled upon them, I'd like to think Kendy Burling would have absolutely destroyed them. Do you think? I think like Fraser would just be sitting there eating popcorn while Kennedy takes care of it. I think okay. he would, man. Honestly, the meat, he would be using a parking meter as a as a as a blunt instrument. I think that's how you can, much strength he has. You can bet as he defeats each one of them, he comes up with a clever one-liner. Oh yeah, yeah. he can. And also, just grateful that we never see him shoulder flip mrs little john because he would have smashed her through the floor of the elevator and she'd have gone flying down the shaft so and he, um, he'd have just like patted his hands together and walked out of the lift and he's, <laughs> he's done he doesn't care <laughs> that, that would have been that would have been one sad funeral for aubrey um <laughs> so who's crane key uh who's crazy anyway just before we go to listen to mail your line this week is acting very weird i've taken this from a slightly wider quote who says acting very weird as part of a line in this show okay my first thought is and this could be completely mm. wrong the very first thing that came to mind is that cindy walks into the cb's place mm-hmm. um and it, she says um i think i've got eyes on kari there's a woman at, at the bar acting very weird and hiding her face mm-hmm. she's eyeing up every man who comes in here and then we yeah. find out it's Roz. um I'm not 100% sure that she actually uses the phrase looks very weird, but I am going to go with that. I'm going to say that's the line. So, Cindy, I think. Wait, is this the bit where I find out I'm not... Is it meant to be one of the main cast? No, 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 no. no. You were right. Sorry, I paused then because I was on KCL and I'd... I'd got the, the I thought I'd got the line wrong, but no, it's it's it, it is Roz. Um, though, so your the subject of who you thought was being talked about is is you know you're kind of almost there. It's Roz at KACL when he's she's trying to convince Fraser that this is a bit weird. She says, "Well, suit yourself. If you ask me, the woman is acting very weird." Um, and then she takes a tea bag out and puts it on her nose, <laughs> according to the KSCL script. So it's Roz. Um, but weird is actually used if I run a control F. It's used five times in this episode. The word "weird," um, quite—that's quite a lot. So um, you know, it was quite a hard, quite a hard question, Kibi. You, you held your own, and you know, you took a stab at it. Um, who's so? All that remains is to go over to listen to Mal. You ready to jump over there, Kibi? Yeah, let's do it. Roz, who's our next caller? So, for listen to Mal this week, quite a few of you got in touch as always. Thank you very much for that. Arkle, gargle, Google, Goop. Another thoroughly enjoyable episode, guys. Thanks. Never really thought about how many implausible aspects there were to the scene of Fraser's doomed attempt at evading discovery by Daphne in her room until you went through them. Though, thankfully, it doesn't make the scene any less hilarious. Speaking of implausibilities, another one that I just realized that Nar somehow is able to buy Maris a Mercedes somewhere between leaving Fraser's apartment after dinner and arriving home, presumably that same evening in time to get lucky with Maris twice. This episode, he also mentioned that Maris was allergic to roses, yet in an episode, a later episode, he was throwing rose petals all over the bed <clears throat> in anticipation of sex with Maris, only to end up in bed with Dr. Shankman. 
Um, it's a pity that even for a relatively Daphne-centered episode, Jane Leaves didn't really get much of a sustained opportunity to shine. And in fact, she arguably still got overshadowed by her male co-stars. Absolutely agree with that. Um, she also goes on, argle, gargle, actually, I'd say she, he, they. They go on to say that she has a really great knack for giving like killer facial expressions. Um, they name Ham Radio and everyone's a critic. Ham Radio, she's really good in. And I do agree that her her stare out of the door at Frasier in Daphne's room is fantastic. Um, so, you know, she didn't have much to do line-wise, but, you know, she she, she worked it. Um, the Home Stretcher Season 2 has some great episodes, and I'm really looking forward to your upcoming podcast. Thanks again, guys. Couldn't agree more. Season 2 is really upping a notch at the moment, so excited for that. Okay, so next up, uh, I think Mischief Knight is the next comment. Who said, I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but since this week is a holiday here stateside, I pre-watched the next episode to have some trivia ready. Um, trivia slash fun bits for someone to watch over me. Uh, Kari's phone voice sounds much different than her real voice. And while this in, a, uh, in, in and of itself isn't extremely uncommon to have some differences, as to, jo- to drop an accent completely seems a bit of a stretch. As does the number of red dresses. I agree <laughs> with that. A lot of women are wearing red dresses. At this there point. is. Um, as does the fact that when Frasier gets to the lobby at the end of the episode, yes, see, we agree on this, okay? He doesn't see the woman in the lobby until she's almost through the door and then does not see her in the parking garage. Yeah, man. MK just knows us, doesn't he? He just knows us. Also, what kind of gang hangs out in the parking <laughs> garage of a posh conference hall? I cannot believe this. He's literally brought up all the points we made up. This is amazing. You've got that bang on that one. Um, that is... I completely agree with every single point in this. What is going phenomenal, on? Phenomenal, man. Um, and I'm what right kind of thinking, gang does? Sorry, Kay. Um, I'm sorry, am I right thinking the holiday week? Is it? Was it Thanksgiving last week in America? It was indeed. It was. I think it's Thanksgiving um, like just gone. I think it was like the last couple of days, I think, this weekend. Any American listeners, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Um, that is a massive, massively great shack. Yeah, very happy Thanksgiving to you all. Corey did did speak to me um, kind of separately from Reddit, and I'm sure you won't mind me saying, but he wished us happy Thanksgiving, and he just said he's very thankful for the podcast and for us and you know for, for the community we've built up. And obviously that is so, so reciprocated. Without Corey, without Hamish... I mean, that our quiz masters and our listener mail every week, and obviously everyone else who listens, there'd be there'd be nothing here. Um, and I'm very thankful for you, Key, for co-hosting as well. Um, the podcast would not exist if it was just me. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of good thanks to share around. So great stuff. Um, next up, we have Sydney Assbasket. Listen to this episode today, and I can honestly say it's one of your best sound quality trivia banter tangents. This one has it all. Loved hearing you read the entire history of Bebo. Hilarious. Had me cracking up laughing as I walked around with headphones. On listening in public garbage disposals aren't really a thing in the uk never have been victor maldrew does mention one in an episode of one foot in the grave but it's never seen i don't have a rinser sink only a butler sink in my cottage very nice sydney they are common though i think i've covered it all i wanted i think i've covered all i wanted to respond to keep up the great podcast boys excellent and i'm very jealous of a butler sink what is a butler sink i have a feeling it's like one of those like smaller sinks in like a utility room or something um i'm gonna google it now because i probably got that completely wrong um yeah a butler's a butler's room is a pantry or serving pantry in a utility room it's basically a sink um away from the main one in the kitchen in a utility room so you can kind of go and wash you know crap into that i guess Quite an elegant concept, and then we're like, yeah, he's pretty crap into your face. <laughs> very, very eloquently put there. <laughs> um, okay, next comment, we've got attempted high five. Wow, this episode is different post Me Too. Um, mm. I haven't seen it properly in years, and I was so gutted that Frasier playing Great Balls of Fire is cut from the DVD release. What? I had to show, 
apparently so yeah apparently it's um it's not on the dvd version i assume it's something to do with uh, copyright laws um and sydney asbasket in a, in a response to this comment actually noted that in i think the very first episode of, of red dwarf um they have a funeral and if you listen on the actual episode they play um, um see you later alligator um whereas on the dvd it actually just it's just people chanting here we go here we go here we go and apparently <laughs> that was a rights issue and it is nowhere near as funny with here we go here we go here we go <laughs> it isn't your um, side it go um that's Matt. <laughs> I, I have that classic multicolored fraser box set and i'm adamant that my version of this episode and i'm going to put it on afterwards and check i'm adamant it has that i watched this episode via an online stream which is what i do for every week um just because it's much easier than putting the dvd in but i'm adamant my dvd's got it so maybe it's a region thing maybe like region one slash region two one of them has it one of them doesn't doesn't know very great observation though love stuff like that um, um just to, sorry um sorry just one final point in attempt to, uh high fives uh comment um just to say that he had to show his um she possibly i'm not sure mm -hmm. um they had to show their uh Frasian novice partner the clip on youtube uh that they did have a good laugh about nazi's brag of the mercedes with having an in dash cd player wow excellent excellent my, my, my mom's car doesn't even have a cd player now it's like it's a um a fairly decent like volkswagen up and so like you know like i remember a couple of christmases ago there's an album we both enjoy listening to and i thought i'd get it for her and you know she could listen to it and i, there was, I wanted to do that again and i can't because there's no bloody cd player so yeah i mean i don't know why cars are getting rid of them um i know everything's bluetooth these days but you know people still collect physical media so you know don't alienate them it probably takes it probably costs them like 20 quid to put a cd player into the car so there you go <clears throat> uh reckley report oh will you dodged a bullet there almost forgetting my question to do that on a season favorite would have been a big no-no starting to sound a bit like kari there reckley <laughs> um, it was so good to finally beat that question since i came up uh, to hear that question since i came up with it possibly four or five months ago <clears throat> i was grinning from ear to ear as i listened to will's answer go from bad to worse i i mean oh i got it. it was the daphne's room question i thought she meant the one from from the club but obviously that hasn't gone out yet because that question wasn't so bad i like i guessed four or five and i think it was six or something um but yes i do agree my answer it went did, from bad from bad to worse. <laughs> it did on the daphne's room one um i'm not precious about that i can happily admit that key saying he feels uncomfortable at birthday parties when he's at the center of attention reminded me of an embarrassing situation picture this you're sat in a small restaurant with members of your family there's quite a few people possibly 10 others this was over a decade ago so i can't remember suddenly the lights dip and over the speakers comes the happy birthday song out comes the cake and everyone in the restaurant starts clapping along with the music i was so embarrassed i mean that happens that happens that's like a british rite of passage in a restaurant that's probably happened to everyone who's listening who's british at some point presumably um i know tgis or the restaurants are available they do it a lot they're big on birthdays there um but yeah i mean that's just it's a it's an awkward one but it's one a kind of right of passage as i say as for the act pick of the week uh so good to hear daphne didn't get it um i completely understand why you're gutted but i um we did we did speak about this so i'm not going to rehash it but yeah it could have gone to Daphne. She had some good moments, but she just really wasn't given enough by the writers, I don't think. Um, I mean, blame them. Please don't blame me. Okay. Um, someone to watch over me. A good episode, escalating to a great one once Fraser and co. arrive at the awards ceremony. Fraser's increasing paranoia delivers some hilarious scenes, particularly where he stalks who he thinks is Kari into the car park. Completely agree. And, I, you know, I think it leads not just to hilarious scenes, but to genuinely creepy scenes as well, which is just why I like this app. And next comment, we uh, we have Gagoose750. 
mm. who says, um, I look forward to listening to this episode tomorrow. I wanted to let you know that I've started yet another rewatch of the series. As I move through the early episodes, the comments and trivia questions from your pod pop into my head. Keep it up. It appears that the two of you will be part of my facial recollection go- moving forward. Oh, that's awesome. What a really, really great nice comment. comment. Yeah, really nice. Um, I remember when John Beale, when he came onto the podcast for a special interview, he said he loves like the Simpsons episodes where you can listen to the commentary. And, he, you know, he said that's what this this is like for the uh, Frasier episodes. And you know, that's exactly what we want it to be like. So it's great that people can watch episodes with a couple of shout outs, actually, before we go to the before we read out uh, Hamish's question to bring out listener mail. Um, I know Lloyd, Lloyd Griffiths. Do you remember Lloyd Griffiths? Um, okay. I think. I think I do, yeah. Yeah, he. I think he. I think he, the, the church. You might have been um, known each other, but obviously he was like the year above us at school as well. Coes also. Um, he is listening to every episode in in order and watching every episode of Frasier, which he's only ever seen bits of before school, like a lot of people. Um, and he's, he's he messaged me the other day to say he started the journey of watching it and listening to our episodes in order, which is just amazing. Um, so huge shout out to Lloyd and also to Kieran Hand, um, the other Kieran who listens. I know he's been listening at very early hours in the morning when he's looking after his newborn daughter penny from for nightly feeds um and we've we've been making him keeping him company in those in those long nights so really great to hear from both of those a little shout out there and i think hamish is the last person to read out is it my turn or yours i've already forgot i think it's your son cool um so hamish put uh, I'm, I'm being very nice. Lads, another good episode. Interesting you mentioned that garbage disposals are not common in the UK. They're everywhere in New Zealand and common in all modern houses. We call them incinerators. As my mum used to say, the gurgler. That's fantastic. Which would also be a good title for a Goosebumps book. It bloody would. That's a great name. Um, I also noticed after watching Someone to Watch Over Me, a little inconsistency. Fraser's bodyguard, Cindy, asks if she can have a list of family members who can donate organs. Niles mentions he has abnormally small kidneys, thus implying he can't donate one of them however in travels with martin he says phrase you're my brother that entitles you to my bone marrow and one of my kidneys so have his kidneys shrunk since seasons one um anyway as always up the villa peace hammy observations there um and more nars kidney talk which i think is always always good next week key it is uh breaking the ice which i think is an amazing episode i'm really excited for this are you can you remember breaking the ice very well oh yeah i saw my other girl was ice fishing um, it is indeed you look like a skinny alma fud <laughs> um yeah, a really just, really um, it's a really heartwarming nice a, a, a really strong end to the season isn't it next what five weeks we've got left of this this series. We've got some real crackers, yeah. Um, and just breaking the ice is just solid from the first minute to the end. Um, so yeah. very excited to jump to that. Uh, but other than that, I've been Will. I've been Kay. Thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. Ha! But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled.